We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Shut up. <laughs> Just shut up. Yeah. Welcome back. <laughs> this is Noah the Pod. A couple of sad boys. So, he's Daniel, I'm Jimmy. The season you is done. call me Daniel. That's fun. That's because I'm only Daniel when I'm sad. Because this is, this is sad Daniel. What is, what is going on? Like, we need, <laughs> I mean, we need like a slow, like, love ballad to open this episode or something, you know? I want to know wanna what know love what, is. What the oh, fuck? We've been talking to each other too long. <laughs> what the fuck? That was not that planned. Was, that blew my mind. That blew my mind. Oh, no. I sang that damn song in Rock of Ages. Did you really? Yeah. <laughs> when I was the Tom Cruise character. Oh, that was not at all planned. Dude, I just, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to do this. And I almost hit you up today and was like, do we have to do one? Like, do we have to do a podcast? I mean, the team's going to take some time off. Maybe we take a week off. And then I was like, no, dude, no, I got to talk about it. I just can't yeah. sit at home and sulk and feel sorry for everybody, you know? Talk through your feelings. Yeah. And then search Twitter and see how everyone thinks they're, uh, they, they'd be a better uh, general manager than Peter Vermees. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a yearly a tradition now yearly thing a lot of people that clearly make a lot of money to make these decisions <laughs> yeah it's i don't know i mean look i'm, I'm, I'm gonna be up front we're not gonna call for peter vermee's job or at least, i don't know what you're doing i'm not gonna be calling for peter vermee's job on this podcast I, no. I think i think he he you know that's that's a little ridiculous as i say almost every year after the season ends having said that i think there are some questions that we have in terms of decisions that were made and we'll talk about those there are so, questions and i you know i never understood that why we're so quick to judge and i i get it though sports you're in the public eye man everything is like amplified to a million yeah. it's not like it's not like me coming to watch you work and being like mm, this guy needs to go <laughs> jimmy mack is a terrible employee it's time to move on from jimmy mack <laughs> wouldn't that be terrible it would be just constantly under a microscope like that yeah it would be. Why is I mean, sports so stupid? Sports, that's the word today. Sports is stupid. Yeah. Sport, college football is stupid. Yes, it's going wild. College football is stupid because it's like, they're like five hour games anyways. Who's got the time? <laughs> Although, <laughs> I mean, y'all know. Y'all know I'm happy. We got a, we got a head coach. Yes. 
I know, but I'm roll tiding over here too, by the way, from 19 overtimes the other day. <laughs> <laughs> that was the only thing that made Sunday a little better for me is I'm, I'm sitting there and sporting's down or, or, or it's tied. We'd give up. I was like, this, this kind of sucks. And I look at my phone, I get a text from someone random and all it said is a Lincoln Riley question mark. And I was like, stop this, stop this. What are we talking about here? And I do a little Twitter search for sure thing. And I was like, wait, what? Oh yeah, it's for sure. They've announced him and everything. He's already flipped multiple recruits from Oklahoma to USC. <laughs> but uh, I was like, what? And I look and I look at my phone and I show it to our good buddy, Daniel Sperry. And I'm like, Lincoln Riley. And he's like, what the hell is going on? I was excited. And then I got wow. sad again because then Bobby Wood, you know, threw a dagger in my heart. But, yeah. A few couple super subs there, man. It's uh, it's been a long week uh for sure and then oh god dude then those releases came it's been oh, quite the roller coaster it's and, tough and, you know casey nwsl signed a, a what that's not a name casey current signed <laughs> it's hard to break old habits yeah you know signed sam Mewis. and it's it's a it's been a day man but you may read day. a new review first let's do let's get this up we got a couple of reviews let's let's read one of them at least and and we'll uh then we'll, we'll dive into this game as much as we don't want to all right check me out man it's from Sarek. 911. It's uh Kyle's son's phone. <laughs> is this the big O? Is nice. this Kyle Orenberg? I, I, I think it is. Look, everyone should listen to this podcast. Hey guys, I still listen every week, even though I'm not on Twitter much anymore. RT school is busy, but I am making time to leave as many reviews as I can over Thanksgiving. Um, you know, apparently he, he said he did he left three reviews and he's going for seven. <laughs> i'm only seeing two of them show up looks like uh kyle's son's ipad that's good stuff by the way i did go into best buy and try to leave us a review can't do it yeah. everything's in demonstration mode I'm, no. I'm trying to cheat the system i'm getting too <laughs> too worked up about it but kyle thanks man we know we know since you know people come on and off of twitter and uh maybe they're mm -hmm. not active that much i do it all the time and i'm you know you might not be listening or, or engaging right you're always there you yeah know? Kyle's one of our OG listeners. Kyle goes way back with the podcast. So we're, we're That's always true. appreciative of Kyle and, and we can never forget him. We, we knew he was there listening, even if we, we didn't see him on Twitter anymore. That's okay. Oh yeah. No doubt. So, but that was, uh, that's it. Yeah. If you guys still need to leave a review, have at it and, uh, give us five stars for sadness. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, it's, it's sad. I mean, that's the toughest thing is like, the hardest part about losing to RSL is one, it's RSL and I hate them. Mm -hmm. And two, we lost twice to RSL in the regular season. I was like, surely there's no way we lose a third time. I didn't predict it on the podcast because I didn't want to curse us, but I, you know, and then to have it happen at home the way it did in stoppage time. And just, I, this started to feel the way the playoffs were shaping up this kind of started to feel like the year that things might fall right for sporting KC, because even though we didn't get first place, um, Colorado got knocked out. Seattle got knocked out. The West was going to go through Kansas city. Uh, we, we had Vancouver. That was a pretty cut and dry game for us. RSL feels like it should have been. And then Portland has been mediocre all year. Like that's the easiest path to MLS cup you're ever going to get out of the West. Buddy, get this. Did we get swept by RSL? We did. We did not beat them this year. We swept we Seattle. Not. We beat mm -hmm. Seattle three times, and RSL yeah. 
beat us three times. Man, RSL wasn't even supposed to be here. No. We let them into the playoffs. We let them. We slash pro. Slash pro. I'm not, you know, you got to (laughs) score. You got to score. I just, I don't get it. Uh, You know, this game on Sunday, it didn't look like a $10 million striker. It didn't look like uh, MVP candidate. It didn't look like a Vancouver Gramzusi. You know, it didn't, uh, it just didn't feel good, man. Yeah. It, um, it was weird because, and, and we we alluded to this. We didn't talk about it in detail against Vancouver, but Sporting KC has has been very much a high press, attacking, possession oriented team, not just all year, but throughout Peter Vermee's entire tenure. And that switched a little bit against Vancouver. We we sat back a lot more, gave up possession, and and it ended up paying off. Even though uh, I wouldn't say that our goals necessarily came off of counters against Vancouver, the the strategy ultimately paid off. You win whatever it was three, one or, or whatnot. And uh, so that's great. But what's interesting to me is the way we sat back and sort of replicated that exact same strategy against an RSL team that did, did not have a lot of attacking power in its starting lineup, especially with Albert Rusnak out. And, and it's just, yeah, that's one of the questions I have about it's, it's mostly that and, and the starting of Alan Polito, which I want to get your thoughts on too, is like, why go away from the strategy that had pretty much worked for most of the year so drastically against, it's, I mean, now maybe you could say, well, we lost to RSL twice already this year, so why not switch it up? But I don't know. It just, it feels weird to me. I think the deal was, is that RSL is not an attacking and pressing team. They, they tend to sit back and not have possession. Right. Mm -hmm. And so maybe sporting thought that they, they could do the Vancouver plan and let RSL, you know, have that possession, make them come at them. And okay. RSL fucking did, man. They did. They came, they drove, they put a lot of pressure on us to where Zussi was. I would, I would love to see how much ground our outside backs uh, covered. Would yeah. love to see the pedometer on those guys, okay? Because it was they were working hard, man, and really busting their butts. And and Zussi getting this criticism on defense, it sucks, man. Did did both goals come in his general vicinity, or you know, as far as build up and whatnot? Yeah, but come on. You know the the second one you can put a little bit more on on Zussi. The first one, first one I have was a, a cross, right? Like he was defending the cross. Yeah, I mean, so obviously, okay, first goal, Sporting KC goes up 1-0. Johnny Russell, penalty kick, easy sure. peasy. Penalty Done. kick. Not much to say there. Hell yeah. of a penalty kick, by the way. That thing rattled the goal. You heard it go, ka-chunk. Yeah, hell of a penalty <laughs> kick. Gotti Kinda drew it very fairly, which, by the way, Gotti was great He's the great. entire time he was in. Um, Yeah, I, you know, it was it was a cross that – you know, maybe Zussi could have closed down a little bit more, you could say. So that, that's a little bit of fair criticism. But but also, um, Anderson Julio, um, he had he, he just got left wide open in the box on, on, on this goal. That's why I have a hard time putting this one so much on Zussi as, you know, Martins is running with Julio. Um, Fontas is sort of taken up with another, I don't know if it's Crylock or what, Ilya just can't get back and sort of almost gives up on the play at the penalty spot and gives Julio a free header. And let me tell you, Anderson Julio came into this game in what the, uh, Oh gosh, 72nd minute. And he, um, 
or no, he scored in the 72nd minute. He came in. When did he come in at halftime? No, 57th minute. When he came in, he changed the game for RSL. Sure. His, his pace was, was insane. And, uh, I was worried about him the entire time after he came in and, and he, he made us pay. You know, that whole second half, though, uh, Johnny said it best in the post game. He's like, we weren't playing to win. We were playing to not lose. Yeah. And it's like, it really felt like that, that whole second half. And then, you know, Polito really didn't add anything to the situation. Um, I know people are calling for his head and saying, like, he's just uh, injury prone, uh, you know, overpaid striker but it's like he he helped us a lot this year for when he, he played he, he got he made and created some very good goals but in a time like this i mean he he had nothing he couldn't create well and it's not entirely his fault because it's a tall ask to go from not playing for however long he did not getting full training and then be like okay now start a playoff game yeah, and, and that's heard- yeah I don't know. That's you one of those decisions. Peter thought about bringing him in at halftime. Yeah. Peter didn't know if he wanted to start him or bring him on at the half. And I'm, I wonder what the reasoning was there to, to start him, to try to get something early. Yeah. I, I mean, so when you, when Peter was asked about it, he said he thought he was good in the first half. And then, like you said, he juggled back and forth, whether to start him or bring him on the second half. He says that was probably the biggest question. He gave as much as he could for not really having a lot of training and everything under his belt. But then this is where it starts to seem like Peter's second-guessing himself because then he goes, we definitely could have used him down there, down here in the stretch. Um, it probably – oh, maybe this isn't even the second half. We definitely could have used him down here in the stretch where he would have been in form. It probably would have been a lot different. So he's just saying oh, if he, he would, wasn't injured. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I and mean, probably maybe would have gotten, you know, first-round bye or maybe even contended with Supporter Shield. You just don't know. Um you know, but stop me if you've heard this story before uh, about Sporting KC playing one playoff game and then no more. Yeah. I mean, it's where we are. And that's that's the frustrating thing. And and that's, you know, the people that are calling for, for Peter Vermees' job. You know, it's understandable that it's frustrating that it's been nine years now almost since we won MLS Cup. Sure, and but that we, it's been a lot longer since any other team has won. Well, like, that's the thing. I think many teams have never won. We're almost a little spoiled in a sense of yes. how we consistently get to MLS Cup or how we consistently get to the playoffs. So um, put your pitchforks away. A couple of know? Western Conference finals. Here's here's a – this is the best comparison I have personally. So, like I said earlier, we've talked about this before. I'm a USC football fan. I grew up a USC football fan. Uh, my my <laughs> surprise my formative years when i was a teenager were the pete carroll matt liner reggie bush years and, and it was you know eight nine straight years of pete carroll taking usc to rose bowl rose bowl rose bowl we have a national championship in there two depending on who you talk to ncaa only recognizes one but one or two in there Rose Bowl, Rose Bowl, Rose Bowl. But we went to the Rose Bowl so many times during Pete Carroll's year, years that when Pete Carroll left, I was kind of like, I'm kind of tired of going to Rose Bowls. I, I kind of just, I, I want, I want a national championship. I want a Rose Bowl. What's a like? Who cares about a Rose Bowl? Well, then y'all know what happened. If you follow college football, Pete Carroll leaves, sanctions come, USC becomes terrible. We've won one Rose Bowl since then. 
And let me tell you, I have never appreciated a football victory more <laughs> than the night that we kicked a 54 yard field goal to win a Rose bowl, like 52, 49, four or five years ago, because suddenly I was like, Oh my God, this actually means something because I wasn't spoiled with it every year. And that's mm-hmm. the closest thing I can think to. And I'm not trying to say that like, it's good enough to just make the playoffs every year for sporting KC, but I think, but isn't it though? It isn't it. I, I feel like that is a good benchmark. And if you're consistently doing it, how can you possibly call for this person's job? And newsflash, why do you care so much about, about their job and their organization? I got to tell you, your sports team doesn't give a shit about you. I'm just throwing it out there. They don't care about you. But this they is preach a business community. These are, these are business decisions. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, they are. And I, I, I wouldn't go so far as to say they don't give a shit about you. Because I think I do think there is generally. You know I mean? I, They're not thinking about you before they let Ilya Sanchez go. No, okay. there, there. I mean, Peter said he made one decision in his career based off emotion, and it and it was a poor decision. And he was like, "I'm never going to let that happen again." What decision so, was that? Marriage? He didn't. He didn't say, but it was. Okay. It was um, <laughs> earlier this year. I think it was when the Buzio rumors, or, or right after Buzio was transferred, he he talked about how he had made one decision, or no, maybe it was when Beasler retired. I don't remember. It was sometime earlier this year, but he was like. Um, we made one decision based off of emotion and, and it ended up biting me and I, I, I never did it again. So, yeah, I mean, I tweeted about this and you've met Ilya too. We had him on this podcast. We were going to go get barbecue together. We were going to watch oh, Titanic yeah. and hold each other on the front of a ship and say, I'll never I let him go. I love that. I would love to watch Titanic right now. <laughs> he is probably the nicest athlete, if not one of the nicest just general people I've ever met in my entire life. He's he and he, or he's the greatest con man I've ever met. But he felt like he <laughs> genuinely cared about not just like the coaching staff or the other players, but anybody he came in contact with at the game. He he treated them uh, with genuine kindness and with respect. And I'm sure Peter would be the first person to tell you that Ilya is one of the best people he's ever met. That doesn't mean he can pay him a million plus dollars to bring him back if he doesn't fit the team anymore. I kind of shoehorned that in there. We weren't even talking about this, but, but the thing is we might as well just talk about it real quick because nothing else is going on. We're not in the playoffs or anything, (laughs) everything, but freaking, you know, one of two things happened. Either they can't pay him. Maybe they're going to renegotiate. No, I don't think so. They already tweeted out that basically, thank you. We're going to miss you. Okay, so then either that or maybe he didn't want to stay. Maybe he's homesick. I kind of got that vibe from him when we had him on. And and I think he mentioned like uh, he really doesn't hang out. He said those words. He really doesn't hang out with anyone here. And I was like, well, that seems sad as shit. (laughs) Like, I hate that for him, you know? And, you know, it's time to go home. And wasn't. Wasn't he gone from the team for a little bit? He had a family issue back in Italy. Was was that him for a little bit? Yep, it was his his, uh, his father passed. Yeah, yeah. So you never know what someone's family situation is. You never know what their personal situation sure. is. I'm not going to write it out of the question that he doesn't come back to the club in some capacity at some point. Right. Um, and everyone's mad at the club for letting him go, and it's like just take a breather. Like at the end of the day, we're still people. And real people decisions go into these things. You know what I mean? It's, it's not all about soccer. Yeah. It's, I mean, he's been working on getting coaching licenses. He and Roger were working with some of the youth teams. 
he seems like he'd be a fantastic youth coach but who knows if that's what he wants to do people are big time mad that we're in negotiations with roger and zussi and i'm like (laughs) everyone's like oh uh you know peter's got a hard on for zussi and it's like come on you know i i don't i don't have an opinion one way or the other zussi had a hell of a season he stayed relatively healthy right you know and roger had a pretty good comeback season as well stayed relatively healthy so yeah yeah if um if the price is right for both of those players, I have no problem bringing them back in, in sort of a, yeah. a a reserve capacity. And hell, Zussi's probably yeah. going to start some game. I mean, Zussi had a really good year this year overall. And, and, and Roger it's... just got married. So I mean, I'm sure he wants to stick around and, uh, you know, play in the same city as his wife. And may, and Roger's been doing some youth coaching too. Maybe Roger's like, yeah, bring me back one more year. I want to keep getting more involved with the youth teams. And then yeah. maybe I become a youth coach here and work my way up through the system and eventually become a coach with the senior team who knows i mean mm-hmm. they're, they're both going to be sporting legends when it's all said and done yeah um but zussi in particular he still has moments where you're like damn he can play and mm-hmm. and i think i think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago even i think it would be really good for Jalen Lindsay to keep having graham zussi around and, and pushing him at that right back spot uh, yeah, it sounds like a, a big brother, big sister situation. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I don't know if I'm ready to like, I, I love Jalen Lindsay and I do think he's the future of the team at that position. I don't know if I'm ready to hand him the keys to the car with no, you know, driver's ed teacher in the passenger seat or whatnot. Like, yeah, you know, no. he's got to pump that, that passenger brake over there for him. <laughs> and like, you know, well, you know, we'll talk about this in a little bit, but we have so many other positions now that we're going to need to bolster because of options that we're not picking up or whatnot, that this is, you know, there's going to be some turnover. Well, this was bad. You know, we kind of pivoted there, but you know, the game happens. We, we lose because Bobby Wood kills us at the end. And that was a bad goal. That's a dagger. And when it happened, my friend, I, uh, I laughed. I just, you know, I couldn't help, but go, Oh my God. Like I, I'm like, that's it. Like that is, there's like no time left. That is a done deal. There's no offsides. And uh, not only that, but the, the world keeps moving. And yeah. then you make roster moves two days later. And I just, uh, I'm like, oh yeah, that's what soccer is. They, they make moves right away and it's life goes on and new season starts in three months. It's just crazy. Yeah. Everything kind of turned almost to slow motion for me when Bobby Wood scored that goal it was very strange because bobby wood hasn't done shit for rsl (laughs) nothing yeah people make fun of him yeah and then he scores on us you know it's just it was a weird it was a weird feeling in the stadium after they scored that first goal and like you said johnny said they held back too much peter said they held back too much um but they scored that first goal and then we had a couple of chances and couldn't really convert, but RSL just come, kept coming and coming and coming. And, and then Bobby Wood hits that. And I just, I instant, I look at Tim and he's got his head on the ground. I see Zussi and he's just like hunched over depressed. I look up at the clock and I'm like a minute and a half. They're celebrating. We're not going to kick this off for another 60 seconds at the earliest. And then, I mean, you just kind of come to terms with it in that moment where you're like, this is it. And you kind of knew it was it. And I don't know what I expected the players to do, but like 
there was no sense of urgency from SKC players to try to get that ball and run it to the the midline and kick it off and at least do something. Everyone just kind of like accepted at that moment that that was it. It was and it because they only announced like four minutes of stoppage two minutes. or two, two minutes. And that's nothing, dude, you know, yeah. and, and here's another uh, little plot line for you. A lot of fouls in this game and one yellow card. Yeah. It almost it got out of hand. Crazy. Yeah. And I'm like, Kevin Stotts didn't even bring a yellow card to this game. Like he has <laughs> nothing in his pockets. He's just here to call fouls. And, and uh, there was, could have been yellows for persistent infringement on mm-hmm their players and i'm like yeah. what what is that how many fouls does someone get before a yellow happens yeah it was i, mean, I don't think the first yellow came out until oh gosh let me see uh the yeah, yeah, no second rule. half 49th minute second half mm-hmm. there's no rule for that there's no set rule like okay if a player gets three fouls it's a yellow for persistent infringement it's, it's up to the referee dude it could be five six fouls and they're like oh that's a lot of infringement here's a yellow and i'm like we need something written there right like couldn't can't you write that? Or why does it always have to be at the discretion of the referees? Half the time, these line judges can't even call it out of bounds correctly, yeah. but we want to, I don't know, man. I'm there just, seems I'm to be kind of like an unwritten rule where like you get three fouls and then you're warned no more. Cause like you see sometimes sure. like refs will go and they'll run up and they'll do like the point thing or they'll point to three different spots and then they'll do the, like, you know, yeah. no more hand <laughs> the motion. The, and, the exit out yeah. right and so they'll be like one two three no more and then they do the next one and then they get the yellow card but okay. stott stott didn't do that stott no. stott got very close to losing control of the game and the only reason he didn't lose control of the game is just because sporting sat back so much and didn't like if sporting played how they normally play and, and are aggressive in the midfield and pressing i think this game might actually get out of hand but I don't so, you know. I would have liked to see a different game. It's just, it felt weird from the get go. It was just like RSL is really coming and uh, it's just mm-hmm. a matter of time. And okay, we got a one goal lead and I, that's not enough. Like you're going to have to score three goals here to win this game. It just feels like a three goal game Yeah, or you're going to lose it. Well, yeah, I, you know, I was sitting next to Chad from the blue Testament and it was the start of the second half. And I was like, I really feel like we, we need to score another goal here. Like, one zero. I'm I'm not feeling great about this, and and he agreed, and and then they tied it up, and I was like, I, I think I said something. I was like, I really don't want to go into extra time, and then we we were kind of quiet, and don't then we both to. kind of said at the same time, but obviously we'd rather go to extra time than SKC losing, mm-hmm. and then it just it was such a bummer, and the, the so the big question for me to Peter Vermees again, I, I'm not calling for his job i don't i'm not saying i I certainly don't know more than he did but if you hear his quotes after the game he he talks about how you know we lacked a pep in our step or something they were the better team today they were intense we sat back way too deep we didn't expect to sit back as deep as we did we didn't want to and then that's similar to what johnny says my my question i guess is you know i know peter can't make players do something on the field but like, I just would want to know, like, okay, isn't that something you can do something about mid game? Can't you call and make that adjustment? Can't you say, push up, push up and keep saying it until they hear you and they do it like that. That's, I guess that's the confusing part to me. You just, all it takes is telling one player on the wing, just saying, tell everyone to push, tell everyone to go. Like, right. what are we doing here? And it's like, that can get around the field, man. And it was loud. 
it was a loud environment, probably tough to hear anything. Like at times, I didn't even hear whistles blowing. Yeah. Like I think Daniel stole the ball one time and we were all like, yeah, it's a great oh, steal. Oh, yeah, I know what you're Then a about. whistle was blown for a foul on Daniel and Daniel kept going because he couldn't hear the whistle. It was a bullshit foul. It, it was. It was, well, it was right in front of us. And it, it looked kind of, <laughs> he might have fouled him. But uh, well, it's tough because Stott isn't always in the position, dude. Like I almost wish they had two field referees. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like look at look at basketball for God's sakes. They have more referees than soccer. Look at football. There's like yeah, 17 football. refs on the field at once. Football has tons, man. One behind the D line, <laughs> one behind the O, and you know two side Even referees. The secondary, and there's like seven or eight refs on the field. It's unbelievable, and I, I don't get it. Soccer has just as many players, and uh, how many are in basketball? I mean, you got a total there's of three, three, right? Three refs for the ten players, yeah. Three refs for 10 players. So soccer has three refs for 22 players. On a much bigger field. And, and I get much it. You don't want field. more bodies on the field because you want to leave the space. Because as it is, you, you, it, it's wild how many times the ball hits the referee. For I mean, sure. But they just need to keep up on their agility. I mean, Stotts, you're not fooling anybody. We, we see your bald <laughs> head. You're getting up there in age. You need to move quicker, my friend. I just, I, yeah, I don't know. It's this game stung. Because after the Vancouver game, I started, I didn't say it out loud because again, I didn't want to jinx it, but I started internally to convince myself that things might break right this year. This might be the time where Sporting KC can make a run and they're good enough to, they were, they, SKC and Seattle were the two best teams in the Western conference. Those two teams should have made the Western conference final. And I'm not going to sit here and, you know, complain about the format, but you know, it's, it's, it makes me in in a way miss the home and home, you know, two leg format. I was just going to say that. And, and you know what, at this point, I'm all about a good story right now. And the best story in major league soccer is Real Salt Lake right now. Mm -hmm. If they could, if they can go get something done against Portland at Portland, by the way. So now you got Portland celebrating that we lost because now they get to host the game. I hate it. It's unbelievable. But if RSL can do that and go to MLS Cup, like, tell, tell me that story doesn't write itself. It's a great story. Uh, if I'm an RSL fan and I'm seeing my team scoring in the last couple minutes of all these games, that's freaking fun. If I see them going to a freaking stalemate with Seattle and winning in penalties without a single shot on goal, I don't even care. Like, yeah. that's, just, that's just fun, and I'm pumped up. You know damn well if that happened to us, we're jacked. Yeah, no, I know. It's just, it's a bummer because soccer is already such a random sport. And and mm-hmm. Peter talked about the parody in this league too, which I get, but it's like, you have a 34 game season. You have teams that are clearly the best. yeah, And then it all goes to shit in a single elimination tournament because of one game or because of one call or because, you know, what? and it's just like, and I know that's how sports are in general, but like, I don't know. I, it just, it almost makes me want to put more of an emphasis on the supporter shield than we traditionally do. Cause I'm like, at least we know, like, that's the best team. That's the best team yeah. or, or as close as we'll get without an unbalanced schedule. And so, and then that's not to diminish MLS cup and MLS cup is always going to be the main prize, but it's, it's just kind of a weird thing to me where I'm like, man, Portland and RSL, like, we know those aren't the two best teams. 
Right. So but you know who doesn't have these problems? Uh, Freaking Premier League does not have these problems. So for that, I'm grateful because we get to feel something when mm-hmm. losing out of the playoffs. Premier League doesn't have playoffs. They get to sit there and celebrate a fourth place finish and get nothing to show for it. You know what I mean? No trophy, no yeah. nothing. Well, they get a, a, a Champions League spot, but that's fine. And and we'll have a we'll be in U.S. Open Cup or Le- Nations Cup or League yeah. of Leagues Cup, whatever it is. But it's you know in that in that sense, I'm grateful that we get to feel something for losing because yeah. Premier League, they're just like ho hum hum. We can't get first place, so we're just here. Well, and at least you know the argument for for doing it this way is there's always going to be excitement right up until the playoffs because if you have a team like you know man city and they end up winning the premier league with six games to go or whatever it is because mathematically nobody else can catch them yeah then you're like the games are boring cool we'll just play just for kicks we'll just phone it in and play our backups and it's like that's boring yeah you you have playoffs you have stakes but and and it's i just like man i wish i'm like we don't need seven teams in the play like let's just go back to honestly and i know people kind of complain about it but like i honestly rather go back to like let's do the the home and home thing and let's let's limit this we don't need half of each conference in the playoffs and but Bro, they don't ask me. football does four teams in their playoffs yeah. four yeah and and we're doing 14 yeah well college football might expand to 12 so supposedly yeah but they've been talking about that for years and i'm like that seems like a simple meeting like just yeah. uh let's meet let's decide sounds good and it's t- such t- a t- weird draw it out such a weird process how they do it now they just get a it bunch is. of old people in a room they look at each other like yeah i think i don't know michigan yeah, yeah. sure michigan let's they do just it. get in a room and like <laughs> talk about their trust funds and it's the whole thing <laughs> condoleezza just, rice is there and nobody knows why it's unbelievable they're like how you know we don't need to expand because Alabama's going to be in it every year regardless, <laughs> but yeah, do really. we need to let Notre Dame in, you know? <laughs> yeah. I just, I don't know. It's, I miss the two leg format kind of weirdly. So, Cause I just feel I like it's kind of miss it too. It's less likely that the, the better team loses. Like I don't think Seattle loses to RSL over two legs. I don't no, know if SKC know if loses to RSL over two legs. Correct. It's that, you know, they won't bring that back now no. that it's in this, the stakes are high. They Never. got multiple teams in here. They, can you imagine though, if they decrease the size of the playoff field, uh, there'd be hell to pay. They would They're just gonna, just going to keep expanding the size of the league. God, do you think they'll expand the playoffs too? I'm sure that they'll, as if they can make money out of it, then yes. Cause right now more than half the teams in each conference get in. Yeah, it's dumb. And I'm just so mad. God, dude, I'm so emotional that we let, you know, RSL got in there by beating us. Yeah. You know, and I, I'm like, damn. Yeah. And so then we're, we should have been pissed off and taken them out. And yeah. we, we couldn't. And I'm not saying anything the players aren't saying to themselves, dude. They're so mad. Kyrie Shelton's posting on Instagram. Daniel's posting on Twitter and yeah. Instagram. They're not happy, dude. No. Johnny was like this at the press conference. Like his finger was near his temple and he just was like kind of talking out of the side of his mouth. And he's pissed. Yeah, he was full on pissed Scott. Like he was 
not happy. Were, yeah. were you there? Because you didn't answer. You didn't ask a single question. I, I I didn't end up going to the press conference. I oh okay. Ended up You're leaving, mad. and I, I wasn't even that. No, I just I had some things I needed to do and some errands to run. I was like, I don't. Gotcha. I didn't have any questions of value to add, so I was like, I'll I just wonder. be another one. I was body. like, you always ask something. Yeah. Where the hell are you? <laughs> no, so I don't know. But yeah, and I didn't expect them to announce roster decisions quite as quickly as they did because they didn't have to. Other but teams are though, so non-playoff teams are. Some of the playoff teams are too. But it, it, it's interesting who they did and and did not um, pick up options for. And and it's just I don't know. Um, Felipe Hernandez, they exercised contract options for. That's an interesting one, given the whole situation there. And and Jalen Lindsay. They declined options for Amadou Dia, Roberto Punchech, Brooks Thompson, uh, Wilson Harris, Luis Martins, and Ilya Sanchez. Um, and it says, additionally, Graham Smith is out of contract with the club. And then they say sporting are currently in discussions with Roger Espinoza, Kendall McIntosh, and Graham Zussi, all of whom are out of contract with the club. These discussions began following the conclusion of sporting's 2021 season. So all that tells me is that Roger, Kendall, and Graham Zuzzi are coming back. Ilya clearly is not, which we've talked about. But some of these other surprising ones, Luis Martin surprises me a little bit. Okay. Um, honestly, the like one Luis, I just found that out today. People don't like Luis Martins, and and I think he's one of the hardest workers on the team. He can be. He has some games too where you're like, what are you doing? but, but <laughs> what are you doing hey one, uh quick check-in by the way nycfc is tied with new england i know one one and i'm gonna be oh, that okay. much more sad if new england loses because i'm gonna be like god damn it then we would have hosted mls cup i know it so the one i think honestly that's most surprising to me is wilson harris we just yeah. signed him to a senior team and and they have no intention of bringing him back it sounds like they've declined contract options for him and they do not mention that they're in contract discussions with him well, does that, I mean, can that also mean that he doesn't want to be here? I mean, it's not all on the team, right? Uh, I mean, in theory, sure. But I mean, if you're a not established forward that barely got any playing time, are you going to be like, yeah, don't, don't bring me back. I'm going to go test the waters. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Wilson Harris can't be like, ah, pretty sure the galaxy are knocking on my door right. and I'm from LA. So, right. you know, I don't, that makes sense. I just, I don't know. So Sporting have 20 players now under uh, under contract, um, man, including oh Hernandez and Lindsay. So, I mean, we got Melia and Pulse Camp, but it sounds like they're going to bring Kendall McIntosh back. Defenders, Fontas and Isi uh, and, and Kave Rad. Those are the, the center backs. So we only have three center backs. Going to need at least another one. Right. And then we have Jalen, Caden Pierre, and probably Zussi. Okay. So we're going to need it probably – two more well no we have no left backs on our roster right now so we need at Zero least two left, left backs, backs man um that was a, a question we had on our uh call for questions today i don't know if you saw that yeah i did see that uh we'll get to our questions here in a second the, i mean our Sorry. midfield no it's all good our midfield and our and our starting uh front line are probably set you know because we still have Gadi kinda jose mari and, and remy voltaire so that's probably the 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 starting first choice three if, if they're all healthy um and then we still have felipe uh hernandez if he can get 
to get it together and play. And we have Cam Duke, but then our only other midfielders are Jake Davis and Ozzy Cisneros. Feels like, okay, we need to at least bring in a six, if not also maybe a number 10. And then, okay, we got Alan, Johnny, and Daniel. It's probably the starting lineup. And we got Kyrie, but then Tyler Freeman and Grayson Barber. Those are our only forwards. So we got a lot of roster additions that we have to work on here. Lots to lots to unfold in the coming weeks, man. It's uh, we always talk every year how off season is interesting and everything. And as soon as I kick this sadness, I'll be a little more interested. Yeah, we you know we'll go through some of the questions that we got here. Some of them are asking like specifically who to tar- who Sporting should target or whatnot. I don't think that we're gonna be able to get into that because we are not global scouts. <laughs> so right, right. Um, you know, there, there's only so much we know. They have a global scouting network. Maybe they're declining options because they're in contact with some players they know they want to bring in. It's hard to know. Sure. But um, but we'll see. Um, I don't know. It's just tough, man. Um, were there any of those roster moves that surprised you or caught you off guard? I mean, Puncic hasn't been involved, really. Graham Smith kind of disappeared. Man, it's I forgot about Brooks Thompson. (laughs) Yeah, right. A lot of those guys are like, okay, I mean, they didn't play, so that makes sense. But you know, the main ones for me were Ilya and Martins, and uh, that was just surprising. And you know, we might never know the reasons, but uh, shit, won't it be weird to see Ilya somewhere else? I'm I'm curious. Do you think he's going to play in MLS, or you think he's going back home? Well, I mean, I want to say back home, but I don't want to speculate too much into like someone's personal life. But if I had to, if I had to speculate, that's, <laughs> I don't want to speculate too much, but I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> but if you twist my arm, <laughs> I, th- I think he is. I think he'll go back home, man. I just, I got a weird vibe about that. that it, it left me feeling sad after we spoke to him. Yeah. You know, no, that's I, why I was like, dude, we'll be friends with you. <laughs> like, let's go, man. Let's hang. Let's, let's go to, let's like, go to Joe's drive-in movies and stuff man (laughs) watch titanic (laughs) hell yeah um let's get some of these questions daniel gooden says do we try to bring Ilya back for cheaper and now that ship has sailed i mean sporting tweeted thank you for all you've done we're gonna miss you that's that's that um mark anthony says david ochoa wins the 2021 mls most punchable face award (laughs) so uh that a question uh, or just an observation just a just a comment just a general comment. <laughs> I love it. Um, Alex Brown was the one who asked without any left backs. Now who does sporting go out and get to fill that position? God knows somebody, but it probably is not coming from within MLS. I feel pretty confident saying that that's you not happening. So? I, they're they're going to bring in some guy from somewhere or it's going to be Seth Sinovic. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll bring him out of retirement. I'm kidding. Uh, but uh They'll, they'll find somebody. Um, Thomas Farrow says, has Roger played his last game with sporting? No, I, don't I don't think, think so. so. No, no. They don't, I mean, they don't put in the release that they're negotiating with him unless they feel pretty confident they get it done, right? Right. I, I agree. Um, Christian Linder, we kind of talked about this a little bit, but he says, is there any reason in your opinion that we lose big playoff games? And specifically this year, do you think the halftime adjustment was on the players, coaches, or did RSL just beat us? Dude, RSL were clicking, weren't they? 
They were they I mean, good, but we we didn't do ourselves any favors either. We didn't do ourselves any favors. I I think we should have won, but RSL was the better team on the night. And yeah. and that I think I don't think it comes down to just the players or just the coaches or just RSL being better. I think um Anderson Julio was a fantastic sub. I think he changed the game with his pace. Um, I think there were some questions that we talked about with maybe Polito shouldn't have started. Maybe Kyrie should have come on earlier because his pace could have changed the game. Um, Maybe they sat too far back. That's up both on the coaches and the players. So I don't know. Um, Here's a good one uh, from Danny. What are your favorite moments of the season slash what are things to look forward to next year? Favorite moments of the season, man. That's got to be, uh, you know, I liked I like the Cam Duke moments. Mm-hmm. I like him having a little spark in there. I like uh, I like watching the Fontas uh, comeback story, kind of. Yeah. You know, past few years, everyone has really given him a lot of flack. Yeah. And he came back, and he's like, actually, I'm pretty good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that then, of awesome. course, the the you know, last but not least, uh, Daniel's little spark, man, doing all that without yeah. scoring penalties. So for sure. That's I mean the only other two things I I, I would want to mention as as sort of like honorable mentions is uh, Johnny's scoring run, you know where he went on his like eight games in a row of scoring was just a hell of a tear for for him oh, which was really awesome, and then this wasn't a moment necessarily and it's kind of bittersweet but the first half of the season knowing that Buzio was about to to get a big big time European transfer just being able to like watch and appreciate him at the club and know that he came up through the system was kind of cool and seeing yeah. him continue to do well at Venezia um, ha- has been really cool too so true. appreciate that things to look forward to next year um, I mean I'm always looking forward to to seeing what sort of roster magic Peter and co can do in the off season. I, I, I think for me, the biggest hole in the team this year was depth, um, especially at the wings and, and um, at, at the fullback positions um, and even in the midfield. So I think we have some, some real uh, roster additions to, to look forward to. They may not necessarily be starters, but they're hopefully going to be quality. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, yeah. I don't know, man. Everything's just so kind of like, I mean, this team doesn't need an overhaul, but it almost feels like it needs an overhaul for some reason. We've kind of know. been in that weird state of flux for the last three, four years where it's not right. Or it's not quite a rebuild, but it's also not just like a plug. Like there, there are pieces needed every off season. Yeah, so. for sure. Nice. We have Kyrie <laughs> locked up through 2022. Yeah. So that's something. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of questions here and a lot of them are, are similar, so we're not going to get to all of them. Sophie, and Brendan, they ask, uh, will I ever stop crying? And when does the pain end? <laughs> so I'm laughing so I don't cry. Right. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, not enough said right there. Um, and then I guess the last one, uh, Ryan Gigas says, has there ever been a consistently successful manager who has been the general manager and the coach? Is it time for Peter Vermees to pick one or the other? Uh, yeah, there has been. Bruce Arena. He just won yeah. supporter shield and has the most, you know, successful regular season in club history and, and was great with DC United and was great with LA galaxy and is doing it again with the new England revolution. So it's possible. Yeah. So Dude, uh, huge shout out to these guys, these guys and gals asking questions because we put out a call for questions like five minutes before we jumped <laughs> right. on here. They came and strong. People were like people were like, I'm coming. I, you know, 
it's because we're emotional right now. We're all a little uh, mad. And and why do sports do this to us? Do you guys ever take a moment and just think like, this is so dumb. Like, I'm so mad over a children's playground game. <laughs> it is. It's like, I, I'm so mad about watching grown men kick a ball. it it, it takes hold of us you know it sounds so silly now but yet in the moment it's like everything it's so stupid it is it's tough um i've often wondered and and i go back and forth on this i I might have even talked about this on the podcast before i think this comes from like a place of sports fandom privilege almost and i'll explain that in a sec but like for me it almost feels worse to lose than it feels good to win sometimes Mm -hmm. like i take it harder like the disappointment is worse than the feeling of elation when you you win the big game and no, uh, but dude, the reason that's a true thing you think so because no, I, I wonder it's psychological I, the reason I, I wonder sometimes is if it's coming from like a sports fan privileged place and it's because it's kind of what I meant when I was talking about the USC stuff earlier is I got I got so used to, to winning that I almost was like I just expect it so when I win um, or when I when USC won I was just like yeah cool and then when we'd lose, I'd be like, oh, man, I don't even know how to feel right now. This sucks. But then right. I, I was talking to someone who was like, no, but let me tell you. I think it was actually my boss who he was telling me. He was like, growing up a Royals fan huh. and then having a World Series after 35 years, that feeling was infinitely better than any of the, the frustration or sadness I lost watching the Royals be terrible for 35 years. And I was like, okay, I get well, that. On the other end, yeah. And, you know, think about KU basketball, man. I'm a KU basketball fan. They win their freaking conference mm-hmm. for a record number of years. Right. And when they finally lost, it was like, oh, damn. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess it's the same thing. Like, okay, so KU can win March Madness. They can win the championship. I'm like, great. But it's, is it almost more frustrating if they were to like go out in the sweet 16? Like it's almost like that almost feels worse yeah. for me than like it feels good to actually win it all. Well, the negatives hurt more and think about it in conversations and relationships in general, man. I had heard that if a negative interaction happens, it takes about six to seven positives mm. to make you feel better. Like That's to get rid of that negative. Now it mostly ties in with like relationships and friendships and stuff yeah. like that. But like, I think that can carry over to sports too, man. Yeah. Because like this taste is going to be in your mouth until something better happens to, yeah. to wash it away. You yeah. know, it's true. It also explains why it feels like it's a lot easier to gain weight than it is to lose weight. Because <laughs> it's a negative unless you're unless you're trying to lose. Like to I eat a donut weight. and I'm like, oh, I've gained ten pounds. Now it's gonna take me twenty seven <laughs> weeks to burn it off. Dude, I'll eat like eight pieces of pizza and I'm just like, I'm fat. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not. I don't gain a pound every week. Right. It's ridiculous. But you feel it. Yeah. So. Just be. Oh, my skin hurts. Ah. Yeah. I don't. It's. It's a bummer. So I don't know. Um. Sports sucks. I I hate this. I was going to tell you, jokingly, I was going to get on this podcast and be like, I'm done, dude. I'm done with with the podcast. I don't want to do this. We are retiring. Um, I guess last question, Michael Stancliffe says, who do we root for now? And do you care? I guess. Oh, like in the playoffs? Yeah. Dude, I've been a huge believer, no matter who it is. And I tell you every year that I always tend to root for the person that knocks us out. No matter what what sport I'm watching, mm-hmm. f- 
football, basketball, soccer, uh, you know, it just looks that much better that we lost to the champions, you know? I can't do it. I can't Why root not? for RSL. I hate them. I don't them. care about that. I, I don't care. Them. At this point, I'm just rooting for New England because I'm like, hey, you had the record-setting season. Just win the eh, cup and be the best team. The, you deserve the it. Storyline, dude. RSL doesn't even have a real coach right yeah, now. Yeah, I don't care. They're rocking about with the an storyline. It's just, you know, I don't care that much. Uh, there, there's no team that I like hate to root for. Like, I guess that's cool that I can set that aside because not everyone can do that. I don't like Portland. RSL is one of my least favorite teams. Mm -hmm. I don't really want New York City to win because they're tied to Manchester City, and I'm not a big fan of them. Mm -hmm. So that leaves me with New England. So I'm either rooting for New England or Giant Meteor. (laughs) So New England might not even get it done this evening, my friend. So we'll see see what happens. It's still 1-1 as of now in the 60th Mm -hmm. minute. So I don't know. The other big news, and we kind of alluded to this, and this is much happier news, and, and this is over on the women's side. Uh, Kansas yeah. City Current have acquired Sam Mewis, U.S. Women's National Team star, um, women's deal, man. player of the year multiple times. So, like, this is this is huge. Bro, I followed her on Instagram forever before, and then, then this happens, and I, I had to think. I was like, wait, that that person? Like, that? Am I getting this right? <laughs> that Sam Mewis? <laughs> and I, I looked her up on Instagram. I was like, yeah, I've followed her for a very long time. This is crazy. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. This is this is a big time move that, uh, to me, signals serious intent from the Kansas City current ownership that like, hey, we're not going to be satisfied with how things went this past year. Like this Ooh. was a transitional year for us. We're making big time moves. They gave up the number three pick in the 2022 draft along with defender Kiki Pickett. Uh, and the draft so, matters in women's soccer, by the way. It doesn't really matter so much with the men. But women's soccer, they, they pull a lot of good good women from the draft. Right. Yeah, I almost knocked my water down on my computer, which would have been terrible. That's how excited I was. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know if people heard it, but you probably saw my eyes get real big for I a did. second. <laughs> You're like, oh, no, what just happened? Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just – I'm excited. I'm excited to see the current continue to build out uh, their roster. I'm excited to see – uh, what they do, um, and, and you know, this is uh, this is a, a big move. Like I said, so I'm excited. Um, we'll see. So I'm I'm just happy to see the Kansas City Current uh, continue to make waves. They're going to be playing in Children's Mercy Park next year, uh, and then uh, they'll have their new stadium. And so That's things right. are going to be going real well. So that is right. <sighs> I don't know, man. That's about all I got for this week. You have anything else for our good listeners? Yeah, I guess we did it. We got through it. I was pretty worried about this one. Um, didn't know if it would be even fun to listen to, but uh, that's that's the cool thing about us being, you know, biased journalists, if you will. You know what yeah. I mean? It's uh, we we share the emotions that regular people are sharing. So yeah, uh, guess what though? All you have to look forward to is in February. We play soccer again. February like 27th in Atlanta. And not even that. January, they probably go to Arizona again for preseason. So it's mm-hmm. like, newsflash, 2021 is like over. Are you familiar yeah. with that? Did you know? I know. It's crazy. It's weird. It's almost and 2022. I've, just look back on the season, man. Like, I, I went to Minnesota. I went to the Seattle game. You know, I, I we've gone on trips. It's been, I graduated from college. It's been crazy. Yeah. It's been a crazy time. It's wild. 
it's been some good things it's been some some sad things some frustrating yeah. things but you know it's um we the season go, is coming going we need a pod trip man we need to like <laughs> you know go to one of these away games whether it's you know i still want to get up to lafc yeah you know that that kind of doubles for you mm-hmm. know family time up there with you yeah um go to disneyland up there i'm just saying i'll do it, I'll do it. i was just there it was pretty fun I, I love it so we'll work on it maybe next year if things calm down especially with the pandemic so hey you know i'm just i'm here for the omicron baby <laughs> i hope not my god <laughs> please get vaccinated <laughs> yeah the old necronomicon i say uh, that's a different thing anyway folks uh thank you so much we hope you had a safe and fun holiday uh weekend with your family um, hopefully it went better than the sporting game did. Um, if you're still looking for gifts for your family, go check out our store, bitly.com slash no other pod, get some no other pod merch for the, the, the no other pod fan or sporting KC fan in your life. Go to hellotushy.com slash no other for 10% off all the hello tushy products. The bidet is great. Makes a great gift, especially, uh, for people who are uh, hygiene conscious in your family. So why wouldn't you want to do spend the first thing in the morning uh, with a cool jet stream of water up your bums? It's wonderful. It's a great thing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, thank you all so much. Leave that five-star rating review like Kyle did, if you have not yet done so. And then uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at no other pod at Dan Kuzer at JC max zero three. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash no other pod, or shoot us an email. No other pod at gmail.com. But until next time, he's Dan. I'm Jimmy. We'll catch y'all later. See ya. I'm sad. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.